Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clinton. Happy Divisional Week, everybody. This is the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside one of my sidekicks, Savannah Dean. Kevin, unfortunately, is a little bit under the weather. Wish him your best. The poor kid basically is a corpse of the pulse at this point. Um, but he has already sent in his picks because he's a trooper. Um, we got a big show today. We're talking NFL hirings. We had two more after our show on Monday. We got some, a coordinator finally got fired. Thank Jesus. And um, we got some... A ca- uh, NBA coach saying some not nice things about his players. A new system coming to the SEC plus picks is going to be a good show. Savannah, how you doing? Doing great, thanks. All righty, so we're going to get rock and rolling here. We have there were three when uh, we started our show on Monday with just me and Kev. There were three openings. We still had Cleveland, Carolina, and New York. Now two or two dominoes fell. We're going to start with Matt Rule in Carolina, seven year deal. I personally, off the bat, I'm going to start with it. I love the move. I think that Rule is known for resurrecting programs. He did it at Temple. He did it at Baylor. Baylor, if you don't know college football, Baylor, basically after Art Bryles left, was a mess with scandals, police problems, uh, rape allegations, everything. You could think of the police. It was just bad. It was a nightmare. And Rule got them basically an overtime away from the college football playoffs. So... That's a big jump. Uh, I am a bit. I love the fact that I don't have to play them twice. My the my Eagles don't have to play them twice a year in New York. I think in Carolina, they if what's really going to be the teller is the camp situation. I started drinking a little water there, but um, it's really it turns into this whole situation now. He's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got uh, DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel, an aging Greg Olson, and a okay defense. With Matt Rule going forward now, it's going to be interesting what he does with the quarterback position because I think with Cam, it's going to be hard. I don't know if he – because, like, it's still 50-50 if he leaves. Early in the season, we thought it was going. Now we don't know. Kyle Allen looked like absolute garbage the back end of the season. I think they have a top 10 pick or 11. I can't – I don't – top 11 pick. I'll just, you know, save my skin there. But – uh yeah, the Panthers are a weird situation, but honestly, they're probably the best case scenario for him because they're not playing in a, they're playing in a division with an aging New Orleans team, whereas instead of going into a division with uh, Dallas and Philly. So, Savannah, what do you think of the Matt Rule hire? I mean, I think it's a good one. I thought he was going to be a good fit for the Giants. I'm honestly kind of shocked that they – well, they had a chance to match the offer that they gave him, but I don't think they wanted to spend that type of money. To me, um, I know he turned around the Baylor organization. I know he did a phenomenal job. That's just a lot of money in my mind. But I hope he can – I think he's a really good coach, and I think he de- deserves it. I'm, I'm glad that they hired him. I think it was a good choice. I am too. I think that – I still think the Ron Rivera firing was stupid, but maybe changing the guard wasn't the worst thing. Now, Ronnie, Ronnie R. is now uh, in our division, which is making me twitch a little bit. But – um. I look at what the Panthers offer. Apparently, the new owner of the Panthers is a Wall Street guy. And I, Savannah, as you know, I was in sales for a year. and mm-hmm. No, almost two. And basically, one of the biggest things I ever heard was always be closing, ABC. And a lot of the stuff I heard, and Peter Schrager talked about this when he was on the air on a couple other shows today and, and yesterday, was basically he wasn't letting Matt Rule with all those giant connections leave Carolina without signing that contract. 
And this is almost as crazy as the the McCarthy. When I'm hearing all these things about him talking to Jerry Jones about analytics, and he just wants to coach football. And I'm just blown away. These coaches, these guys are hungry. And it's really interesting to me now because I then I get I I really wasn't on the Joe Judge train originally as we transition over to the New York Giants who had to clean up the mess quickly. And I texted my buddy Connor, who's a loyal listener to the show. Uh, about you know the Giants and <laughs> not losing on Matt Rule, and he had no response to me at all. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and um, when I look at Judge going to New York, he's a Belichick guy, which automatically, Savannah, as much as you know, as much as I do, a Belichick guy, red flags, always red flags, because you geniuses aren't really good teachers. That's why with Belichick, it's always it's, Brian Flores may be the exception, but it's only one year in. We don't really know, but everyone from Scott Pioli to um, Cornell, Charlie Weiss, McDaniel's, um, Bill O'Brien. You can't really constitute Mike Vrabel because he was a player. I think that's why he might actually have an advantage over these guys because he wasn't actually a coach. He was a coach under O'Brien, but he wasn't a a um a court, uh, coach under Belichick, and I worry about this. But the one thing I have noticed, he also did coach under Saban. He basically followed the Kevin Langley coaching tree. He went from Alabama to New England, and the kid, guy apparently was just a stud in both coaching staffs. He kept getting thrown responsibilities from Saban and then from Belichick. Both guys were calling for this guy to get hired, and I do really. I, I'm starting to warm up to it now, and I'm starting to get a little more worried. But then I remember also the Giants have Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback, so I probably will sleep well, sleep, sleep well at night. What did you think of the judge hire? Hey, Daniel Jones had some issues, but he showed some, like, flashes of talent. Oh, I had some random guy on Twitter who, like, started a fight with me months ago, tweet at me, and I'm just like, buddy – you waited six months to tweet at me, and then Daniel Jones throws the dumbest pick in the world against Philly. Congratulations. <laughs> you are a loser. Um, honestly, I didn't even really know who this guy was before the Giants hired him, if you want me to be honest. But I did hear that uh, they called the Patriots, and he got a glowing recommendation from Bill Belichick. So, like I said, I didn't really know anything about him. And the fact that he was a wide receivers coach, he hasn't even – has he even been a coordinator before? Um, special teams. Okay, but that's like I don't know. Well, listen, John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator. So there, the one thing I did hear about the Harbaugh thing is like everyone talks about with special teams coordinators being head coaches is they look at it from a both sides of the ball perspective instead of just a um offense or defense. I really was like praying they didn't get Eric Bieniemy from uh, KC. That was the one I'm like, oh god, if he's the Giants head coach, I'm in trouble because Bieniemy is. Just like Peterson and Nagy before him, a genius offensive mind and Andy Reid system. All Andy Reid's assistants basically do okay or better in the playoffs. So, and in just coaching in general. So it's gonna be interesting to see where Bianami goes. I really hope Cleveland gets him. I would rather Bianami go to Cleveland than uh, Josh McDaniels because I think Bianami is gonna end up being a better play, a better coach overall. But. At the same time, for Bianami's sake, I really hope he doesn't go to Cleveland because that would just destroy his coaching career. But, yeah, uh, Joe Judge, I'm okay with it. I think he'll be a good head coach. Apparently, he's the opposite of Shermer. He's like a presence guy. He's a motivator, a Ron Rivera type, like very like strong talks in the in the, in the the room. He's not like Shermer where Shermer would just kind of mellow in with the crowd a little bit. Well, like – one thing you want with coaches, you want them to be able to stand out. I have not seen this from your guy LaFleur yet, I've, hopefully soon. Doug Peterson, you know, he walks in. All the guys, like, clench up a little bit, and they're like, oh, hey, coach. Um, you see this with uh, Belichick. You see this with Vrabel. You see this with Brian Flores, these guys who are leaders in the clubhouse where you don't see as much of them like McVay. Kyle Shanahan is definitely a leader. That, bo- that man walks in the room. You see those players snap to attention. He's – He's definitely like his old man. Mm. Pete Carroll's the same thing. The guys who have a personality have a leader. They're not fake. Stanford Route, I was hearing him do an interview with uh, 
Coward, he's talking about the same thing. Like players are very quickly to judge if you're being fake in the locker room and if the coach gives you the hire. And I know with Dallas and McCarthy, it's going to work. Rivera, same thing. The one thing I worry about with Judge is he going to be that guy. Like hopefully, apparently he was in New England, so it should translate pretty well. Uh, the final uh, news today was the Philadelphia Eagles <coughs> fired their wide receivers coach Carson Welch and. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah, they fired Mike Groth. Now, as you don't know, Mike Groth is our offense coordinator. Uh, basically, he's a replacement for Frank Reich. It should have been Deuce Daly, but with a quarterback having a wide receivers coach as your OC might have been a smart idea when you have an elite quarterback. The issue is Groth never developed the receivers well, and the offense seemed anemic at points with Wentz. It was a Wentz's improvisation and players making plays that got it going. The offense just seemed different after Frank Reich left. Even though Peterson called the plays, it just seemed something was off. I'm hearing – I've heard four possible replacements. Two, I'm like, okay, this ain't horrible. And two, I'm like, those are really cool actually and I love one. That's kind of a a reach, but I feel like I was on this from the start as Jay Gruden. The other I heard from a couple of Eagles media sources was they were going to try to see if Tony Romo would come out of, come out of broadcasting. I'm like, listen, no I know it ain't going to happen, but that dude can pick up hard to play in 30 seconds. You have Romo in the room with Carson Wentz. That's dangerous. But I don't think it's going to happen. The yeah. two most likely candidates were Jim Caldwell, which I love because that means an offensive wizard, and um, Kevin O'Connell, from uh, who was a Belichick guy. Yikes. Um, from Washington. So I'm, if I was going to do an order, I'd pick Gruden one, um, Caldwell two, Romo three, then O'Connell four. It's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. I just, I'm, I'm Carson Wentz is probably in his house sitting, like just sticking his hand up with a fist. He's so hyped because he can't really do a backflip right now because he has a concussion, but apparently he would have been able to play, uh, Sunday if the Eagles had somehow pulled that game off, but Unfortunately, they didn't, and um, the Seahawks live on. But we're going to switch up to NBA quick before we um, get into picks and everything else. Um, Cavs coach um, – oh, God, what's this guy's I, – I, it's not Bayheim. It's – oh, God, I can't pronounce the guy's name. I don't name. even know how to pronounce that. <laughs> um, John Beeline. That's how you pronounce it. John Beeline apparently was uh, – he said his team was no longer playing like thugs. And he said to Woj, apparently he meant slugs, but he had to give a motion, emotional apology today. Man, in this culture, this cancel culture, everyone tweeting everything out, I am surprised this man still has a job this morning. Like, I mean, Beeline's not a bad coach, but like, man, you cannot say shit like that. On the air, I just cussed, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. But he um, – I just I, – Savannah, what do you think of this? You're you're an Ohio native. <laughs> what are you feeling right now about uh, being – I don't know. I don't know. I the, box, sometimes people mess up what they say. But so in the context of what he was trying to say, it makes sense that he was going to say, like, slugs, I guess. But, ha- like – they're not the closest of words. I know. You know, like, I just don't know if, I, if I'm if i falling for that. I'm waiting for a Chris Carter. Come on, man. <laughs> it's that's, that's what it is. Like, you cannot get away with that in this day and age. You know someone was going to say something about this. But he apparently issued an emotional apology today to his team. It's the Cavs, so they're not going to make the playoffs anyway. But we'll see what happens going forward. Last coaching hire before we break down uh, – a nice – it's basically a five-pack worth of games. We're not going to crack any beers, nothing. It's all analysis here. Mike Leach is the new head coach of the, Miss, uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I am actually kind of liking this. And because the SEC hasn't had an air raid offense in a very long – it hasn't had an air raid offense, I don't think, ever. And Mike Leach doesn't understand the concept of running the football. So he's going to be recruiting speed receivers – quarterbacks with good accuracy and fast tight ends. And it's going to be amazing watching him take on 
uh, Ole Miss and Tennessee and Alabama and LSU, when all these guys are used to like ground and pound offenses and they're getting spread out from corner to corner and they're just chucking it into tight windows and down the field, it's going to be really cool to watch. So I kind of like this hire a lot. What do you think about Mike Leach going to Ole Mississippi State? I think it's a good move. Uh, I know he's, I know he's a great offensive coach. Uh, he knows how to win games. He knows how to power throw. I think it's a good move for them. Oh, I just love the the aerial barrage that his offense is. Basically, it's what most kids do in Madden these days. Running the football is underrated, but I don't know. I mean, I I, lo- I, I just want to see how the reaction between an air raid offense and an SEC defense is going to go. Because I guarantee he's going to start off like – if he can get the right personnel and recruit the right players, it's going to be just interesting watching him come out one year like 5-0 and and just catch a good SEC defense by surprise like a Florida. And it's going to be hilarious. And then he's just going to get stomped on because they're not going to be able to play physical in defense. I don't think Mike Leach knows how to play defense anyway. So if a team's got an anemic offense, they may get some easy wins there. But all right. We're sticking to college football. Monday is the college football national championship. And I'm excited because basically the team I have been riding since week four is in it. Humble brag. And um, Clemson Tigers, who I ironically am legacy at that school. But, you know, never really rooted for them. But, I, you know what, it was honestly the matchup I wanted from day one for other than when this playoff was announced. Because Clemson plays big games well. Trevor Lawrence is a gamer. He steps up and big makes plays when he needs to. Ergo, by his shaggy and his shaggy from Scooby Doo like run for 66 yards for a touchdown. Um, his clutch throws down the stretch. You talk about Clemson's defense is of course great, but and then you have Oklahoma. I uh, mean not Oklahoma, LSU, which just brutalized Oklahoma for four quarters. Joe Burrow's eight total touchdowns and. I was wrestling with this pick for the last week, and I said to myself, all right, if I'm going to take LSU, I better have a damn good – if I'm going to take, if even take Clemson, I better know my heart they're going to win. And when it came down to it, I had to go with LSU for three reasons. One, this is one of those stars-aligned teams. We had it with FSU a few years ago, Auburn back with Cam Newton – there's always that OSU back in the Zeke Elliott, Cardell Jones year. There's always that one team every couple of years that just like, you know, is the stars align, everything lines up for them and they get it. Coach O is a defensive coach. That defense has played great. They basically kept until garbage time when this game didn't really matter anymore. They basically, except for one touchdown, kept Oklahoma, one of the best offenses in football, out of the end zone. They won a shootout against Tua. And when it, the game mattered most, they kept Tua away from the end zone. They kind of strike me as a not elite but good defense. And I think that they're, they're not going to be anywhere close to uh, – I mean, OSU's defense is elite. But Ed Orgeron's a better coach than Ryan Day is. And Jabo Sweeney is a better coach than Lincoln Riley is. This is going to be a game of epic proportions. It's going to be final score, Clemson 35, LSU 38. It's going to come down to a field goal, or I could even give you LSU 41 with like, you know, overtime touchdown or a game, something like that. It's going to be a last second score or, you know, the char- the Tigers driving down the field and then, you know, an LSU player makes an out-of-this-world play. It's going to be so close. And Clemson is going to be the new dynasty. They're going to be hanging around for a while because they had another top five recruiting class. And even when Lawrence leaves, they'll still load up again. They'll still be a, a contender. And, uh, yeah, this is LSU's time to shine because Alabama will be right back next year along with Florida. So they're going to really have to get their stuff together in the offseason. But I, with Burrow – and that receiving core and the, the way this team has played beating four top 25 teams and then going into the SEC title game, stomping Georgia, then going into the playoff and then stomping a veteran Oklahoma team who had been there before with a quarterback who had been to the national championship before. It just, I, I, I don't need it. I mean, yes, Clemson is going to be the biggest test of the year. 
but I still think they can handle it. This is the team of destiny this year. I love LSU in this. It's going to be close. It's going to be the cr- – I am probably going to try to see if I can get every all my friends on, who are in this area over here watching this game. It's going to be – I'm hoping I can just call out to work the next day. It's going to be insane. I am looking forward to it. Savannah, what do you think? LSU Clemson – oh, by the way, folks, Kev took LSU, by the way. Uh, so, obviously, I wanted Ohio State in this game, but – to me, it's just after seeing some uh, stats, so the same – they're always showing, like, Deshaun Watson and Hunter Renfro's, like, catch to win the championship and stuff. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, obviously, both at Clemson or has been at Clemson, um, came back from a 16-point deficit to come back and, like, win the game. So, to me, it's, like, really kind of freaky that it was, like, probably meant to happen. So, um I kind of have gotten over it. I've moved on. So I'm looking at the quarterback comparison here. And Trevor Lawrence has been in championship before, obviously, blew out Alabama last year. He has that experience. But Joe Burrow is just on fire. He's impossible to stop. Uh, Both of these defenses are okay. They're not, like, phenomenally elite and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game like you have. Um I do think that if Clemson were a fall behind, that they would probably be able to catch back up just because, like I said, Lawrence has experience. He's been there before. He's good under pressure. Um, He can run the ball. I mean, he's not, like, super fast, but he can run really well. He's, you know, a great passer. So, I I mean, I'm going to pick LSU in this, but I think it's going to be an absolutely nail-biter. Like, I think LSU is going to come down and have to have, like, a game-winning drive. I think they're – Go ahead. Uh, oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was – I thought – keep going. No, it's okay. I was just going to say that I think that LSU is actually eventually going to be, like, down by, like, four or, five, four or five, and they have to come back and score a touchdown, and I think they're going to be able to do it. The fact we all pick Clemson – LSU means Clemson's winning this thing, but um, – <laughs> Kevin said, I can't pick against Ed Orgeron. I love the man. I despise Davo Sweeney. Join the club, buddy. And uh, I have LSU winning. All right, switching the uh, NFL now. First game of the weekend, Vikings 49ers. Now, I looked at this game and I thought, hmm, Vikings can run the ball. That's it. Um, I don't trust Kirk Cousins against the actual secondary in San Fran. That defense is going to be ready to go. They've been waiting for two weeks to take a shot at somebody. I think... I don't know if, like, I think San Fran, see, the way I looked at San Fran in this playoffs was there were two teams I saw in this playoff bracket that could take them out. Philly, because their playoff experience, and they were the hot team, and New Orleans, because they had a dynamic offense that could spread the ball, and the last time they played, it was such a nail-biter. I don't trust Green Bay against them, and don't take me wrong here, because when they played them last time, they looked outgunned, and they have not improved since. Their offense hasn't changed much. Their, their personnel hasn't changed much at all. They were outgunned. I mean, I think I mean, they may have gotten Adams back, but still, that you just lock them up with Sherman, and that's it. It's It may be like an, a, a touchdown closer, but San Fran, to me, is the team in the NFC. Now, if Seattle wins, now we have a problem because they were that last team. I'm like, all right, they suck against everyone else, but when they play San Fran, for some damn reason, they go out of their minds. So... I have 49ers winning this. They're going to run the football. They're going to get the ball downfield. Now, the only way Minnesota pulls this off is with a consistent pass rush like they did against New Orleans. But unlike New Orleans, San Fran runs to set up the pass, whereas New Orleans throws and then they run it occasionally. So I have 49ers winning a closer than likable game, 24-20. to And Kevin also ha- – Savannah, make your pick. I'll find Kevin's pick. So the way that Minnesota's defense played against the Saints was way better than I thought that they were going to play. There is, there's is, there been plenty of games this season that it looks like they're going to be okay, and then they just blow it. And um, you, I don't trust Kirk Cousins either, but Dalvin Cook is a force to be reckoned with. Honestly, I feel like they need to give him more carries. 
Uh, San Francisco's defense on the back half of the season, when they were actually playing like stronger teams, uh, has like their stats have um, gotten a little worse because they're playing tougher teams. And I still think Minnesota's a tough team, um, even with Kirk Cousins out of, as the quarterback. But uh, San Francisco, I didn't believe in them at the beginning of the season. I was talking all this crap. I was saying they're not legit. Like, their schedule has been way too easy. And then they come out killing it the second half of the season. And I was proven totally wrong. Uh, I think that I think that they're the strongest team in the NFC as well. So I have to pick San Francisco. I think that, I think that they're going to win probably by, like, eight or nine points. So you may have San Francisco. Kevin, of course, took Minnesota. Um, next game is Titans Ravens, the Saturday night game. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, you, of course, on Twitter announced your pick for this one, and I was going to rip you apart for this, but I'm going to let you explain yourself. Savannah, of course, took the Tennessee Titans to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Savannah, explain yourself before we all unholy unload on you. Okay, well, I, I had Tennessee to... Uh, picked against the Patriots. Obviously, their offense was a little bit slower, so I thought that they would be able to pull it out. Well, Derrick Henry last week literally looked phenomenal. And if he does that again this week, I think that the Ravens are going to be in trouble. I know that they're also a run team. I know that they're probably one of the best teams in the in the AFC right now. I think Tennessee's going to give them give them a hard time. So you think it's going to come down to Derrick Henry basically being the difference in this? Yeah, I think if he has a monster game like he did last week, I mean, he he had only had one touchdown, but um, if he has, if he rushes for a hundred and something yards and gets a touchdown or two, then, I mean, then I think Tennessee can do it. I don't think it's going to be a blowout whatsoever either way, but I, th- I think Tennessee can pull it out. I can see them doing it. Ryan Tannehill's been you know, been a lot better. AJ Brown's stepping up. Derrick Henry's doing phenomenal. I can see it coming together. Now, I usually don't latch myself to a team in the NFL playoffs if my team is in it and they're eliminated. Usually I kind of just go into the shutdown mode. But there has been a man in this season who has made me a fan of his, and I hated him in college because he was in my conference. I'm a huge Canes fan. Everyone knows this. And this man started off the year by laying a thumping on the, on the on the fence. And then simply said the quote, not bad for a running back. And yes, he may be a running quarterback. And yes, it we're just starting to see them evolutionize as being part of the league. And he's going to win MVP. And when I look at the Baltimore Ravens, I see a team that's got an energy that nobody else has. Now, you look at the 49ers, yeah, they have they have George Kittle being a mo- like a wild animal on the sideline, which is great. Cuz I love George Kittle. He's great. He's an American treasure. And we have to protect him. But when I look at other teams, I look at Green Bay, Seattle, Tennessee, <laughs> um Minnesota, even Houston, there is no team that I get, and everyone's like, oh, talk about the whole vibes joke. The team that had the best vibe in 2017 won the Super Bowl, Philly. Last year, the team that had the most, like, you know, like the team, like, chemistry won last year, too. Doing. And when I look at a game like this, Baltimore has been waiting to shut everyone up because last year they got embarrassed by the Chargers. The Chargers, Savannah's Super Bowl pick, by the way. And, um, Lamar Jackson all year has been adopting a motto, which he basically took a shot at Baker Mayfield, who was drafted 30 picks ahead of him. Not bad. Uh, 31 picks ahead of him. He said, nobody cares. Shut up. Work harder. And I, I, I'm honestly going to buy one of those shirts now. I'm going to see if they sell it at his shop. If I can, I will. I Hopefully, I, can't, I, can't, I don't have to get it in Ravens Kellers because I'm an Eagles fan, but I love Lamar Jackson. And this man... Is a, not bad for a running back. I am taking Baltimore by two touchdowns because of three things. One, they're ranked fourth in the league in rush defense this year. Two, they have the league MVP at, at quarterback. And three, 
the Tennessee Titans came off the most emotional game of all time. That took everything out of them. And they kept Ryan Tannehill from throwing the ball. I think he had 86 yards total passing. That will not happen because they're going to have to play from behind with a very athletic and very pick-happy secondary, which will be a problem for Tannehill and the Titans. The Titans train stops at stop two. They 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 put a nice little rivet in the in the wheels of the Derrick Henry train. I've got Lamar Jackson, the boys. This is the team I'm going to. I I am driving shotgun with Colin Cowherd on the Lamar Jackson fan wagon club this year. We're rocking and rolling. Ravens are going to the Super Bowl, and it starts here. I got Baltimore by two touchdowns. Moving on. The Texans and Chiefs. Now, Mr. Langley took the Chiefs for obvious reasons. Savannah, who did you take, Texans or Chiefs? Um, I believe that Will Fuller is playing for the Texans this weekend. I think he is, I think he is too. I think he was questionable, but look, leaning towards playing. And they're, the Texans are clearly a better team with Will Fuller. Their stats are way higher. They have way more wins. They're, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson looks so much better. There's less drops. There's more completions. There's the team's just a stronger team. And J.J. Watt looked decent last week coming back, and everyone thought he wasn't going to come back at all. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is such a prolific uh, like scrambler and someone that can just make these like wild plays come out of like nowhere. And the Chiefs defense has really stepped it up. This is not the defense that they the Texans saw earlier in the season. They're different. They've been making the plays when they need to. Uh, I have the Chiefs. So one of the greatest human beings of all time, an Arizona State alum. Always wear Diamondbacks hats every time I see him on interviews, which is why he's one of my favorites. He was quoted saying one of the greatest introductions in Sunday football history, sizzle, ball so hard university. Now, Terrell Suggs, when he signed with the Chiefs, I was like, all right, cool. He's going to get to the playoffs. Big Red's got another pass rusher. This is going to be great. I love Andy Reid for obvious reasons. That man was the first inclination I thought of Santa Claus. When I looked at this man, I'm like, he is giving me the gift of a good football team when I was younger. I loved Andy Reid. He resurrected Michael Vick's career. He basically made Deshaun Jackson a household name. Um, made He turned LaShawn McCoy into one of the most dynamic runners the NFL has seen since Barry Sanders. I love Andy Reid. And I am pulling so hard for Big Red to get a Super Bowl. If it's not the Ravens, it's the Chiefs. Here's the thing. I looked at the Texans on Sunday, on Saturday. I watched every snap of this game. I'm sitting there with my best friend, Chris. Shout out to my, shout out to the big man. Me and him were watching his Niners take on the Vikes, of course. He, me and him were just sitting there like trying to entertain ourselves with a abysmal Bills-Texans game. And when I looked at the Texans, I saw three things. Deshaun, jo- Deshaun Watson is a wizard. DeAndre Hopkins cannot be covered the entire game. And Bill O'Brien is a moron as a play caller. And also the Texans have no offensive line. There's one thing the, pay, the Chiefs do well. It's with D Ford and Sizzle. They can get after the passer enough where it's going to have Ross, Watson running for his life. The Chiefs don't need to be an elite defense to win this game. They need a okay defense to win this game because the secondary of the Texans basically should have me and Kevin and Savannah playing corners. It's bad. Gary on Connolly, there's a reason that the Raiders sent him shopping. They weren't a belief in his talent. Uh-huh. You also have a very old Jonathan Joseph. And the Honey Badgers playing on the other side of the ball. This is basically the, this is basically his uh, return to KC, uh, return to Houston. It's going to be a shootout again. But at the end of the day, it's going to be Mahomes slinging rockets and stealing the hearts of all Chiefs fans because they are going to whoop the Texans. Deshaun Watson loves playing from behind. Great, because he's going to be behind by at least thirty, by at least 28 points at one point. This is going to be ugly. Because I am not a big believer in the Texans. They should have gotten rid of Bill O'Brien last year. He's wasting Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins' talent. And I I think um, Mr. Mr. Madden cover is going to be lighting up that secondary like a Christmas tree. 
Any retort to that, or we all, we're on the same page still? All righty. Last up, Texans Packers – I mean, um, Seahawks Packers. Everyone knows how I feel about Jadavion Clowney. I've forgiven him. I have because, one, he may be on a new team next year. So, you know, he's he's always been a, a player who plays after the whistle. I'm not going to knock him for it. Hey, listen, if you're one thing, you're consistent. Yes, Andy Carson wants the first playoff game. There's nothing I can do about it. Also, he saved Wentz from having to play an entire playoff run with Mike Roth as his offense coordinator. So thank you to Jadavian. Hopefully, hopefully uh, Wentz is uh, head injury heals, and God bless whoever have to, they have to play next year. Yikes, it's going to be some scary games. Um, Packers come in, first round bye, uh, home in Lambeau. Uh, Savannah, I saw the weather report looking snowy and cold as hell. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yay. Yeah. So this is the, a classic rematch of NFC rivalry and uh, cross-division uh, cross rivalry, and I love it. And you know what? I would have loved to see Wentz in it playing in his old-school element back where he grew up in, you know, the north, the, the Midwest, chucking the ball in the snow. But you know what? This is pretty cool, too. I am ecstatically excited to take to watch this game. Because Russell Wilson is a damn magician. He's the OG magician, and his apprentice is Deshaun Watson. The Packers, to me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop some knowledge bombs on you quick. But I'm gonna let Kevin, of course, took the Packers. Savannah, let's have, let's, let's hear your pick. I, I we all kind of know where you're leaning after that uh, predictions for stats tweet. But surprise us. Uh, who do you got winning to, to, on, on Sunday night? Okay, well, I do agree with you. Russell Wilson is literally a magician. He's phenomenal outside of the pocket. Like, if he has a clean pocket, he's phenomenal inside of that. DK Metcalf is literally a monster. That's my boy. I mean, he he's scary. He blows my mind. Um, <laughs> I've, been, then, I've been literally been hyping him up since week one of the Combine. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, he sucks. He's going to be terrible. I'm like, no, Metcalf is going to be Des Bryant meets Calvin Johnson. But nobody's listening to Jared because what do I know about personnel? And, oh, look, he's probably the best, second best receiver in this rookie class besides his team, A.J. Brown. Who called it? Oh, wait, me. Howie Roseman, take freaking notes. I'll, I'll have my I'll, – I'll take 50K. I'll take 75K a year to be your assistant in private personnel. Let's go. Damn, I called that. I'm going to gloat about it. But, yeah, no, continue about DK Metcalf being awesome. Uh, well, I was then going to say that they have Marshawn Lynch back, and he's been doing pretty decent. I mean, he's not this, like, breakout star that you think of, like, his run against, like, that and, like, the playoffs against the Saints. But, it, I mean, he's doing he's doing pretty well. He's had a couple touchdowns. He's had a, some pretty good runs. Um, the defense looks decent at times. But – of course, out of all teams that the Packers have to play, it's Seattle. We've had trouble with them, and we've also had success against them. Um, fun fact against this, um, for these teams, all five times that uh, these teams have played with the Russell Wilson era and Rodgers era, the home team has always won. Um, everyone remembers, even if you don't care about the Packers, care about the Seahawks, everybody knows about the 2014 NFC Championship game. I have a funny story about that. That was the day I got my ears pierced. <laughs> well, that was a really sad day for me. Um, I think I I just think that Aaron Rodgers knows that he hasn't had this phenomenal season, but he's had like a pretty good defense to back him up when he's been in like bad areas. And obviously Devontae Adams we know is a great receiver, and he's had practice squad guys literally come up and like step up and be good and. I just think there's something about Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs that is like. Except when he plays I, Atlanta, right? Right. Like, it, and it's going to be cold and, and it's like going to be snowy. And I know it gets cold in Seattle, but nothing like it does in Lambeau. And I think this is going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be close. I think I'm going to pick the Packers by like three points. I think that they're. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to have a game-winning drive, and Mason Crosby is going to drill the game-winning field goal. All right. Um, it's going to be hard Kevin, to – Aaron Kevin, Jones has been really well. It's been doing oh, really oh. well. 
I think that Seattle has trouble with the run. So I think that he's going to be like the main focus of the game too. See, like Aaron Jones is a little different. He's very similar to what they had to face last week with Miles Sanders because Miles Sanders is a little more explosive, but Jones is a little more powerful. Yeah. The thing is with Aaron Jones is like to get to stop him, you basically have to box him up. You can't allow him to start getting momentum. Whereas a guy like Sanders, as we saw, he can basically juke you out of your shoes and somehow get down uh, downfield. What's interesting to me about this game is that um, the – well, you guys want to hear the story. Uh, so the 2014 championship game, uh, as a championship game, I was at – I was a sophomore in college at Southern Connecticut State, and uh, I was – you know, I'm like, you know what? I was, you know, I was newly single. I'm like, you know, I want to get my ears pierced. I've always wanted pierced. So I went and got them pierced. I, I'm at the mall. I walk by Fanatics or, like, not Fanatics, uh, the locker room or lids or something like that. And I see the score. It's 21-7 Seattle. I'm like, mother. I'm like, I really don't want us to watch a Green Bay, New England Super Bowl. That would make me peel my eyebrow. It would make me peel my eyes over. So I walk, I, you know, I get on the, you know, shuttle because I didn't have a car at that point. I got my ears pierced and everything. I'm in back. I walk upstairs and all my buddies are sitting in the sitting in the uh, common room. They throw me a beer and they're like, Jared, dude, the Seahawks are coming back. And then I got to watch that Russell Wilson fourth down lob to the backside of the end zone. And I'm just like, oh my lord. Russell and that's Wilson. when I realized Russell Wilson is something different. Russell Wilson makes me cringe. I don't know how he does that There's stuff. There's no way to defend Russell Wilson because he has the arm of a he has the arm of a pocket passer and the mobility of a running back. It's not normal. But yeah. it's what makes him unique. It's what's going to make him a Hall of Famer. Even if he only finishes one Super Bowl. Wink, wink. But. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you jumped the gun on that one a little bit. Because <laughs> if there is one man I can trust to break a quarterback, it's Jadavian Clowney. Tom Brady has nightmares of this man. Carson Wentz now has his fa- his dre- one of his dreadlocks tattooed in the back of his neck. Um. <laughs> I, I listen. I love Clowney. I love his how he just doesn't stop. Yes, he's a dirty player. Yes, he hurt my fa- he hurt my favorite football player. But as a pass rusher, he's disturbingly good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. Seattle defense does one thing well: they force a lot of freaking turnovers because they're fast. Pete Carroll is a defensive wizard, and Marshawn Lynch and Travis Homer is the misfit odd couple running back I've been waiting for my entire life. Also, I love Travis Homer. He was Miami's leading rush for the last two years, so Kane's up. Um, it's going to be a crazy game. It's not going to be a blowout like all the other games we talked about today. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be snowy. You're gonna see. It's gonna look like Philly, Detroit a couple years ago, where you have guys with like getting up with snow in their face masks. And I am looking forward to every damn second of it. I think Green Bay is a great team, but I also think they're the softest two seed I've ever seen in the playoffs. They're two losses. They're they're they what finished with three losses this year? Yeah. All right. And the reason I say this about Green Bay is because I watched them get punched in the mouth repeatedly, even if there was two pass interference calls at the end or not. Who cares? The game's over. It's done with. Philadelphia beat them down, and so did San Diego or LA, whatever you want to call them. Those are some very physical teams. We didn't lose to Philly yeah. by like a million points like we did. Sanders. It would have been if you, we had our actual. We didn't have JV guys in our secondary because our our defense basically said, "Hey, Aaron, score. We'll go back and score too," because your defense couldn't stop a physical running game. And as much as, and the one thing about your corners, I love Jair Alexander and Kevin King. They don't do well with big receivers. And right. there is one angry man. In that secondary, who wants to prove that he wasn't he he should have been a first round pick as DK Metcalf. There's also a very angry man in that backfield who wants his skittles in the end zone. So, with that in mind, all week I'm thinking, oh God, Green Bay's gonna smack the daylights out of them, and it's gonna be ugly, and I'm gonna have to see a Green Bay San Fran rematch. But who is the one team that gave San Fran headaches all year? Seattle. Who is the one team who is more annoying to put away than a cockroach? Seattle. Who is the team that's going to win on Sunday night? Seattle. Because the Seahawks, it's like trying to – they're like a Twinkie. Even a nuclear bomb can't get rid of them. We all <laughs> thought they were going to be dead after Kyler Murray's the rookie of the year. He's a, it's a shoe in And, you know, you got 
the wonder kid, Sean McVay, and the damn 49ers who are running over everybody. We thought it was going to be set in stone. Seahawks are going 8-8. Eight eight. But they, all, they, they were the one seed for two weeks. They are still here with a defense that makes no sense. I called my Madden roster the lovable losers. These guys are the lovable losers. They have no business being here, but God damn it, I respect them. These guys have survived through injuries. They lost all three of the running backs in a matter of two weeks. They have a guy who was basically playing football in the yard with his kid four weeks ago as a running back and a guy who was, the, who was not even the best running back on our roster at Miami as their other player. And they have a pissed-off reject on one end with DK Metcalf and a gadget receiver the other with Tyler Lockett and two other guys in the middle who do their job well. Also, they have the best celebrations in the damn league, too. <laughs> so, I got Seattle. It's going to be Seattle, San Fran, and KC, Baltimore. And God damn it, next weekend, I am going to be losing my mind watching those two games. God bless America. God bless the NFL. And God bless Kyle Brandt for inspiring me this morning. Whatever. He's talked so much crap lately. Oh, my God. That Tom Brady thing this morning had me crying. If you don't see it, uh, I'll post it in the Corner Booth's uh, story. But, oh, my Lord, that had me hysterically crying. Ugh. All right. So that about wraps it up for our picks. We're about to go into last call right now before we head out in our semi-short 45-minute episode. Um, folks, it is, of course, the NFL playoffs. And for the fifth year in a row, my Eagles have passed on a player that I, you know, was very high on. Sometimes they've gotten it right, you know, um, <coughs> Derek Barnett, um, you know, a few others. But last this year, they screwed up. They passed on – they got it right this year. And they passed on, and they took Miles Sanders instead. Because, you know, Sanders is going to be a 1,000-yard rusher next year. Book it. But, unfortunately, they pat, they took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over a man who I hold near and dear to my heart. One, because he's the reason my Madden roster is so dominant. Two, he's so funny to follow on Instagram. And three, he looks like a alien. Just his body, he doesn't make sense. He looks like a tight end playing wide receiver. It's DK Metcalf. Two years ago, it was Dalvin Cook called it. Um, you could go back as far as um, what's his face? Uh, oh God, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I've I've been calling. I've been like, I, I'm waiting for my call from player personnel guys. I've been calling this for years. There is a certain thing in college. Lamar Jackson this last year, and I just want to fill the draft. What I'm saying. There is a certain thing you can tell. In college, guys have an it factor. They may not play the best competition, but there's an it that's there. When I saw Jared Goff, I was praying to all things holy that Philly drafted anybody but him. I want to pack Stan Lynch or Dak Prescott. You know what? We're not all perfect. We got it right with Carson Wentz. I, but I, told, I knew off the bat Jared, Jared Goff did not have the it factor. He looks like Matt Ryan with a better arm. And Oh, geez, I was right. Um, I thought Zeke Elliott was going to be a elite running back. Did I think he was going to be a basket case? No. Um, I thought Des Bryant, when I was a kid, was going to be a disgusting wide receiver. But, you know, Jason Garrett destroys receivers' careers like nobody else could. Um, I saw OBJ, and I'm like, I want – or Brandon Cooks. I'm like, I want one of these guys in my roster. No, we took, we took Jordan Matthews. Thumbs up, Chip Kelly. Oh, and we took Nelson Aguilar, too, by the way. Um, I knew he was going to be a bum. It's guys, when you're watching college football on Sunday, on Monday, I want you to look at Trevor Lawrence and uh, Joe Burrow. Um, look at uh, Travis Etienne. Look at Ross. Look at Higgins. Look at Thaddeus Moss, my boy Randy Moss's kid. Look at all the players on the other side. The guys who stand out in film in these games are the guys who are going to stand out in film on Sundays. You Yes, you find hidden gems. I think the problem is with drafting now, people try to outthink the room. And I could have told you in college that Marcus Peters was going to be a stud because he was picking off passes like it was nobody's job. I could have told you that Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald were going to be monsters because they were making plays in good conferences as freshmen. It's what you have to understand. 
I could have told you that Baker was going to struggle with picks because I watched him go against elite team in the playoff and struggle. I could have told you Kyler was going to be good. This is one I ignored because, you know, I, I, I thought his height was going to kill him. But really, he's playing, he throws a better deep ball than most guys who are five inches taller than him. I still think Daniel Jones is going to fail because what I watched at Miami when he played Miami or when he played Clemson or when he played Pitt wasn't impressed. Duke's always had good running backs and decent receivers. David Cutcliffe's a wizard as a head coach. Uh, so I guess the way I'm going to lead is, one, I can pick player personnel, humble brag. Two, um, when you watch games, the guys who are draft picks, don't listen to the experts. Look at your eyes. If you watch enough football, I you can tell who the guys are going to be dominant on Sundays. On the film, if they blow out of the film, there's a chance they're going to blow out on Sundays. There's a difference between workout warriors and game day guys. That's what that's what it is, folks. That's what football scouting is, is sometimes. So, shout out to DK Metcalf for um, you know balling out and all and Russell Wilson. Third round pick, you know, guys passed on him. He's a boss. Um, yeah, uh, remember, James Winston was the first overall pick, guys. Just remember that. <laughs> Marietta was number two. Pure genius in that, in that, in that, in those rooms, guys. He lost his job to Ryan Tannehill, who was a receiver until his junior year. So yeah, we're not all perfect humans, and watching watching guys take player personnel guys is pure hilariousness. So that about wraps it up. I've ranted enough. I'm Jared. That's Savannah. You folks have a safe divisional round weekend. Feel free to get, wish Kevin well wishes on Twitter uh, to tell him to get better. Um, and when Savannah's Packers lose, I want full credit for that. By the way, guys, not Russell Wilson, not TK Metcalf, not Marshall Lynch. I want full credit. So I'm Jared. That's Savannah. We out. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.